It's your boy Money Miles J, along with my sister, Manic Money Mandy. Hey. And we're just talking around. It, this is just a chill episode. Us just relaxing, going over stuff that we that we just like to talk about. You know, chilling all good. In the neighborhood, okay. like Applebee's. Yeah. You, if you please. <laughs> Fancy like. I was thinking more like the Fresh Prince, but I kind of got thrown off. Yeah, chilling all maxing, relaxing all cool, watching some people outside the school. See, I may be black, but I don't play basketball. I think basketball is the sport that I cannot play. I don't know what is going on, but like somewhere in our DNA, like it's like it's like I'm black for everything yeah. except for basketball. I know. Like I, I can, didn't get the height jeans. I can I can play I can play soccer, I can play football, I can wrestle. Um, I can do a little bit of everything. I even play. I even play softball, but I don't think I play baseball. But um, I cannot play basketball to save my life. I never really cared for basketball. I mean, it was popular at the time, you know, because Michael Jordan. Yeah. But I did like playing. I, I'm okay at tennis, but for some reason, I found out I'm really good at volleyball. Yes, when we were same PE. Here. Oh. We see you and I should have been should have went went to um did more volleyball, but I didn't mm-hmm. know there was I didn't know if there was a volleyball school i mean um volleyball anything in our school no i didn't join anything in school i just want to get out <laughs> <laughs> i joined i joined the wrestling team you know you, you knew yeah growing up that was going to happen at some point with me yeah definitely i'm surprised the school didn't have a, like a lucha underground thing going on <laughs> like you go well when i was at bayside you know they had a wrestling room upstairs in one of the buildings so i was surprised well i guess it'd be called lucha above ground <laughs> and so you know go out the wrestling the wrestling the weight room and have like cage fights and stuff in there like ah oh my god but you remind me of raw underground oh man that was crazy that was stupid but i kind of did like when we did wrestling and stuff and going to the weight room in school because all the boys be trying to lift weights and stuff and trying to like do those push-up contests. So me, being me, I want to try to challenge them and do like, okay, like, oh, girl want to get on this challenge. I'm like, yeah, I'm just being enough as you because my name is Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it was like, okay. And I actually beat her. They're like, oh, she tough. I'm like, yeah, I'm diesel bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mandy is the man. Exactly. I but was she's a man. Not a, but she's not a man. No. She was the man before Becky Lynch. Exactly. She stole that from me. I feel like I feel like little Richard, you know? They got that from me. I was the originator. I was the creator of that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. Yeah, I was lifting weights and pumping my hair at the same time. <laughs> yeah, she was right there clanging and banging. That don't sound um, right. <laughs> Well, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Becky Lynch is thirty-four years old. Oh my gosh, we're the same age. So yeah, she was born in January, so oh. she is technically older than me. No, I'm older than her. Oh, because my birthday's next month. Yeah, she was born in eighty-seven. I was born eighty-six. Ah, uh, yeah. So, Pick up sticks. So you, so you were the man before Becky Lynch. She's, exactly. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they never give me credit for nothing. Mm-mm. <laughs> see, we originate stuff, see, see, and see, see, and see. they take it. <laughs> See, that's cultural appropriation right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they have black Irishes. That's what I am, a black Irish. I'm Native American. I'm mixed with everything. Yeah, you know, well, we're mixed with everything but um, but anything Hispanic. That's the only thing I can think of. There's yeah. gotta be, we gotta be somewhere at some point. Uh, I, it's weird because I feel like I really, like, I mean, I have Asian friends. I have um, Hispanic friends. And a lot of times, all uh, the same stuff they do, I feel like that's what my family does. I feel like I I relate to them. Like a lot of my Hispanic friends, I'm like, am I Hispanic? I'm like, cause y'all, my mom does the same stuff. Don't make me get get the um flip flop, the chanchella, and then like, oh my goodness, you know, mom had to buy on. As this one dude told me, his mom had to buy on it shoe. <laughs> oh my gosh, like a boomerang. Mm. You know, as soon as she threw it, she hit her target. Yeah, just boom. What if, 
she throw it <laughs> and then smack him upside his head knock him down and then it ricochet off his head right back into her hand oh my gosh that that dude his name is greg i met him on gnc and he made me weak and i still think about it to this day he is he talked about how his mom had to buy on his shoe anyway he tried to run away from her she took her shoe off through it and it was like it missed everything hit him with straight precision <laughs> knock him out that's so, all mom so mandy um i got mm-hmm. you on to aquafina is nora from queens oh my gosh that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask what do you think about the show so far oh my gosh it's hilarious i mean this girl is crazy is a comic is i didn't realize she was really that funny yeah i mean i seen her his stuff and i thought you know I'm like, okay, you know, she okay. She kind of funny here and there. But then we really look at like, huh. Yeah, she really is funny. Um, there was at one point there was um they were saying that she was putting on a black scent mm-hmm. in the movie Oceans Eight. And I don't know if you've seen I don't know if you've seen her in the show or anything like that. I mean in the movie. Mm-hmm. But you're probably gonna have to look at the clip. Yeah. Um, but I I was under the impression that you know she was she wasn't really talking with a black scent air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, she was just talking like just any other hustler on the street because she was doing mm-hmm. three card Monty. It was that scene. Oh. She was doing three card Monty and hustling, guys. But like I don't I didn't see it as that. I feel like you know like they were in New York or mm-hmm. whatever. She was doing she was hustling somebody. That's just how they talk. Yeah. And if people saw it as a black scent, then they are the ones that really see that's a problem exactly because i mean hustlers they all talk the same way it doesn't matter what race you are they all if somebody's a hustler they're going to do the same thing i mean they're black white whatever you know how people call you baby girl and all that stuff i mean mm-hmm. may start off as a black thing but people of all races will call you that you know a lot of words are saying i mean it's just the way people talk i mean it's not to me from what i've seen other clips she just talked like a straight hustler, you know. She's trying to get somebody to come buying the game or whatever. To me, the way she talks um, kind of reminds me a bit of Jenny Mai from The Real. You remember, her, you know, right? And Jenny Mai, she's um, she's from like what San Francisco or something in California. Yeah. 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 So she talks. She talks like um. Some people say she tried to talk it at black, but I don't think that. I think she talked like people. She to me, she talked like people her age do who listen up and grew up. It's not really a black thing. It's more of a hip hop thing. Because right. she to me, she's a hip. I mean, because she always talked about how she was a big Jeezy fan and what happened. She ended up meeting the guy and they fell in love and they got married or so. To me, she seems like one of those hip-hop heads like because everybody who's into hip-hop and b-boy and stuff they all have their own language and all that stuff and to me she seemed like someone who's really into the hip-hop thing someone her age like most um i guess what you call millennials mm-hmm. yeah millennials millennials to me when i hear millennial i don't think of people my age i kind of feel like more like people shanti's age than that because growing up i remember be called like part of the mtv generation yeah, because yeah yeah generate I don't know if it's considered Generation X, but I think it's just called gen- the MTV Generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was us. Yeah. Um, Shanti is a millennial. Yeah, you know, born born in the in the dawn of the new millennium. Yeah, because yeah. I was yeah born in two thousands. Yeah, especially when my uh, space and Facebook was coming popular. Yeah, and well, if we're the MTV generation, then they will be like the um. The face gram or 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 my book yeah my book generation you know like um myspace facebook that was when it started around that time yeah twitter um, youtube hey you twit face <laughs> <laughs> hey hey you twit face yeah where's the hate part come from oh you know I mean, what I, I mean it, it'd be called you you twit face yeah you twit face you twit face that's what it is they yeah. are you twit faces yeah i got that from conan o'brien that was funny <laughs> In I the know. year saying, 2000. Saying that um, Twitter, that YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook will merge as one. And it will be called Hey You Twit Face. Yes. In the year 3000. Or oh, it's 2000. 3000. 3000. Yeah, yeah there was a joke. It was funny. But um, 
so with that with that um we're gonna we're gonna touch on this for the episode mm -hmm. uh, when we go when we do deep dives into it but do you remember anything from the um the plane ride from hell do you remember the stories of it before prior to the dark side of the ring episode well the stories i remember hearing about was like Goldust, I know Goldust and his wife. I remember hearing about him being drunk and singing. I remember hearing that Brock Lesnar was in a fight with someone, and you know they almost, you know, opened up the door. I remember Ric Flair. I remember hearing about Ric Flair in the robe and stuff. And I remember, I do remember hearing about the haircut. And um, I remember hearing somebody was like, somebody was um, I know I don't know if it was a waitress or somebody else, but you know, inappropriate behavior and stuff. It was a lot of weird stuff. And I was like, all this happened on a plane? I'm thinking, like, what kind of plane is this? All this shit happening. 747. Uh -huh. But um, I remember I remember hearing small, vague stories about it. Mm -hmm. Because I remember hearing about it. And Just Incredible was on a was on somebody's um, um, shoot interview doing where he was talking about all the stuff that was going on. And I'm not sure if it was the same plane ride. I can't remember because I could have sworn that Vince and and like some of the executives were on that ride. Because I heard I heard from others that it was that um, Vince and the executives were also on that same plane. And uh, Michael Hayes mm -hmm. had almost peed on Linda. Oh yeah, I he did was, hear that. He was so drunk he almost peed on Linda. And then when he was stumbling back to his seat, that was when he had hit uh, Bradshaw right across his head uh, where he had stitches at because he um, it got cut open during the match. Mm -hmm. And he, and he said, come on, he said, wake up, Cowboy, or something like that. And that was when Bradshaw got up on uh, JBL. And he had just, from what I heard, I couldn't tell if it was a punch or a slap, but he knocked him out, basically. And then somebody dragged him back to his seat. That was when X-Pac had gotten upset and he was and he wanted to do something because he was already angry with him. Who was that Michael Hayes? Michael Hayes. Yeah. And he had took some scissors and just cut off his ponytail because he hated it too. Yeah. And I could have and I could have sworn there was somebody else who said this. Like there's so many interviews about it. Mm -hmm. I remember um X-Pac did an interview, Justin Credible did an interview, mm -hmm. Rob Van Dam did an interview. Um who else? But so many of them. But so I could have sworn somebody said that they had took um took some tape and they and they taped it to one to the side of the plane or something like that. Oh my gosh. That would be that would be messed up if that yeah. was true. But I don't know. That made me think about when someone talk about how they kill a snake and they take the knife the um dead snake and the knife or a nail or something and hang the snake on the door as a warning to the other snakes. <laughs> oh man. Some weird country mess. Yeah, I know. Um, from what you remember, from what you've heard about it, what is what has to be the craziest thing, or one of the most damning things, to happen on that plane ride that you know of? It's okay, it's okay. You can cuss on my show. Okay. Damn. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't mean go black on this plane. I think like. Okay, the whole Ric Flair walking, around, you know, streaking his robe nude. Yeah, that's weird. You know, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh -huh. but the funny thing was there was a episode of um they did this thing called Story Time uh -huh. on the WWE Network. Uh, there was one scene where um there was one episode where Ric Flair was talking about him being on a plane, and people were thinking that they were talking about the plane ride from hell. It wasn't that uh -huh. because he because he's done this plenty of times. Uh -huh. I've heard stories about him doing this. Mm. And he's talking about how the ladies wanted to see him in his robe. And he's talking about how um he'd be walking around in his robe. And it was like seven flight attendants or five flight attendants, um, female flight attendants that were um that were trying to get him to strut his stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. my gosh. And they were saying that they all kind of went crazy. I know WWE pulled that um WWE pulled that episode recently. And, I bet. <laughs> and they pulled it off the um they pulled it off the um what was that thing called peacock mm -hmm. peacock peacock it sounds bad out of the way this is a terrible name 
peacock. Yeah. Peacock. Only time I ever heard somebody yell out across, you know, hear the word peacock besides for the app. It was like on the mass singer in the first season. And that was the costume. We got the peacock. Mm. Who wants to see my peacock? See what I mean? Nah. Hey, hey, man. Mm-hmm. Guess what? what? I'm going home. I'm going to watch some peacock. Going to take a look at some peacock. That's poppycock. No, I had no, I had that was a snacker later. No. Oh my god! You see what I mean? You see, you see how it sounds terrible? Yeah, and if you shorten it, it sounds even worse. Yeah, you got pee and you got cop. That's not a good comfort. You know, you know. I think I think of I think of Farm Marshall Bill. I want to do impersonation on you got pee and you got cop. A deadly combination. Exactly. Let me show you something. Let me show you. Let show you something. Show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. It was. Oh my goodness. Speaking speaking of, we're just we're just blazing through all this random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, transitioning. <laughs> speaking, oh. Wait, bad choice of words. <laughs> bad choice of words. I'm like, I'm not transitioning. No, um, what I was trying to say was, um, in Let Me Color, oh, yes. would never fly today. Sad yet true. But you got to admit, there was a lot of genius in some of those sketches. Fire mm-hmm. Rush Bill has to be one of the ones that was probably the best. And the sad thing is, even though it was a joke back then, but it was really funny, was the like men on film or the men on stuff. Yes. Hello, I'm Blaine Edwards. And I'm Antoine Merriweather. And welcome to Men, men on, on film, film. The show that looks at film. From a male's perspective. Point of view. A male's point of view. And then I remember one, one time, he was like, tonight we have a new sponsor. Nuts and Honey. What you say? Nothing, honey. <laughs> like it was so funny because they were creative with it. And then the funny thing was the football one. No, 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 no. Before we go into that, uh, was the fact of how clever the writing was. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind they were talking about the sponsor, nuts and honey. Mm-hmm. And it was a cereal. Yeah. And and then they were talking about um then they were talking about like the last movie that mm-hmm. they were going over. And then he was like, they were talking about um like the movie, the next movie, Die Harder, and what a way to go! Ninety minutes for Mr. Bruce Willis, and then this line: "He's like, yes, don't tempt my tummy with the taste of nuts and honey, because you, <laughs> you got that, and you got the product placement right there." Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really creative. Yeah, it really was. And be honest with you, it was kind of, it. I mean, it was kind of funny. And imagine them doing all that stuff and getting past the censors back then too, because they were really tight about stuff, especially like going. On that, it remind me like on Animaniacs and Freakazoid and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, remember the fingerprints thing off of Animaniacs oh, yeah. and things? Oh my goodness! Um, it was just that the whole idea of in living color was pushing the envelope because yeah. that's how it was in the nineties with a lot of things. I feel mm-hmm. when it came, that's why I was talking about wrestling. Yeah. That's why things were so good because you didn't know how far you can take it mm-hmm. because there was no line that was drawn. Exactly. When it came to entertainment, when it came to entertainment, when it came to wrestling, when it came to sports, because back mm-hmm. then they didn't do CTE mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, well, they don't know. They didn't know about CTE that much. CTE. Um, chronic traumatic. Um, it's um, I can't remember the. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. But um, it's concussion. It's concussion studies. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I remember hearing about that, like for football players too and stuff. Yes, how their um brains get damaged over time mm-hmm. from multiple concussions, things like that. Like there wasn't any deep research into it because um usually whenever they get a concussion, like in wrestling, they kind of walk it off or whatever, mm-hmm. which is terrible. Like when they had to take tear shots to the head, they were mm-hmm. just supposed to grit their teeth when they mm-hmm. take it. Mm-hmm. And, That's terrible. Yeah, no. But when it came to like the writing and things that were said and whatever, you know, there was no line that was drawn. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling was always PG, but there was no line that, that was drawn. It wasn't until like the attitude era where they felt like they had to get edgy, but mm-hmm. there was no line that was drawn saying like, oh yeah, you can't say this, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's say this and see what happens. Let's do that and see what happens. Yeah. It was kind of like a lot of things in the 90s was like a whole attitude era, you know. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Um, like everybody. Oh my gosh, the NF, oh, the NHL. I yes. remember like in middle school or something. And I don't know, I was I was watching hockey. You know, I grew around white people. So 
it was so I ended up watching the hockey and then you know it was getting interesting. But it seemed like every time I turned around, it was like a fight bursting out every minute. And then in the council of the whole season, I was like, Hey, this is more action than WWE or WCW. <laughs> <laughs> it was kinda cool though. Yeah. And that was the thing um I used to love was we had to choose between either WCW or WWF mm-hmm. on Mondays. And then when it was football season, it was even worse. I know. Because we had to choose, we had to go, we had to go in my own, we had to go in um, Andrew, um, Andrew's room mm-hmm. for WCW. And Paul's room for WWE. And then we would go, um, we would go somewhere else for football. Yeah. Or Paul, or Paul would switch Push, between. Yeah, on the commercial break. It was kind of cool because Andrew, he was like, had his TV set up for WCW while Paul had his for WWE. So he wanted to see what's going on. So a lot of times he, he would turn would, the TV. He would turn his TV. Mm-hmm. Facing the hallway, yeah, because Paul's TV was already facing the hallway, mm-hmm. so he would sit right there and be able to watch both. Yeah, or in the hallway. I was like, that was smart. <laughs> and I remember, I remember um, one of the things that really had Uncle William and Andrew watching WCW was because it was live at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before Monday Night Raw was live. Yeah, um, yeah, bet y'all didn't know then. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all, some of y'all youngins don't know anything about that. Oh yeah, but um. What they used to do was they used to give away the match results. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that Shawn Michaels was going to win with a super kick that couldn't. He said Shawn Michaels was going to win with a super kick that he wouldn't. That wouldn't even be approved at a kid's um, karate class. Oh my god! You know gosh. stuff like that. Oh yeah, then when he met but like, mankind um, winning. Yeah, I was trying to get to that. Oh sorry. Yeah, because like it worked then, but it was around that time because there was a combination of things that happened. We were there because we were um. I'm not sure if you remember it, but we were in Paul's room, mm-hmm. and I was I went over to Andrew's room. This was the night that they did the finger poke of doom. You didn't see that. You didn't see that part. You were lucky. Mm. That was terrible. But I could have sworn that was either Andrew or Paul. But one of them was watching WCW, and they said, "Hey, they said that Mick Foley's going to win the title." Mm-hmm. And then Andrew Andrew stopped watching WCW and switched to WWF. Mm-hmm. We all watched Raw that night just to see that, and I yep. was like, "Wow!" Yeah, because I still can't forget how him and Undertaker and Hell in a Cell match. Everybody oh. still talk about that match to this day. That's like mm-hmm. the it's the most oh. talked about match. I don't even like it's hard for me to even call it a match the way that it was. It, you know, it was something like when he fell through the thing, he got back up, and everybody said he was smiling. He admit to this day he. He felt like he had a hole in his mouth. He actually did have. He had a hole uh, underneath his underneath his um lip. Yeah, and he was trying to poke it through. And the thing was, um, there was a he went into a whole stand up routine mm-hmm. talking about that night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about the idea they wanted to start off on the top of the ring, mm-hmm. and they were gonna throw and he was gonna throw him off the top. Mm-hmm. That was it. Um, that was that was what they had planned. But him getting hurt like that wasn't planned. Mm-mm. Like he like um he had dislocated his shoulder on that fall and got a concussion. You know, I almost I was like yeah. I almost got I remember watching that I almost got sick. And then even the Undertaker looked like the fuck. Are... <laughs> they were they were gonna they were gonna end they were legit gonna end it right there. Vince even came out. Um, what was his name? Um, Terry Funk broke kayfabe because they were in a feud. Broke kayfabe coming out there trying to help him out, and then. And then um, Undertaker was thinking that you know they were legit gonna just end this right here because mm. because they were gonna um because it was going to be a little bit too much. He goes right back up. The other plan was that they were gonna um he was gonna go through the um go through the roof. Mm-hmm. They were gonna plan that, mm-hmm. but the thing was the cage was already was already rickety at the top and it almost fell through at one point mm-hmm. uh, because the um the chain link was coming out. And what it was, he was supposed to, he was supposed to fall on it, be able to fall on it. And then when he do it a second time, he was going to fall through. He didn't expect him to just fall through that one, that one time landed hard on the canvas. The mm. chair ended up hitting his face on the way down. Mm-hmm. That was what knocked out some of his teeth. Yeah. That, like I said, thinking about it and watching it, it was so gruesome. Yeah. And I mean, be honest with you, there's times where I don't even think, like, even now, I'll, I, if I were to sit down and watch that match, I don't think I could make it through 
Maybe I got a little soft over the years or something. But it's, you know, it, it was very hard. I mean, it was a good match. I Don't get me wrong, but it was also very... Violent. Yeah, it was something. It, it was one of those matches. If mom was, if mom was upstairs, because we were all upstairs in her room. Mm-hmm. If mom was upstairs and we were watching that, and she saw that, she would have told us to cut it off. Yeah. And then, and then there was the I Quit match. Mm. Like we got to give a lot of respect to Mick Foley. Exactly. Because all the stuff that he put himself through, that I Quit match where he was handcuffed by The Rock, mm-hmm. and The Rock hit him with the people's elbow with. With the chair on top, couldn't get him to quit, and he he was handcuffed. And the Rock was, and the thing was, the Rock was doing baseball swings mm-hmm. with that chair, hitting them hard, and it was just so loud. Mm-hmm. And there was a um documentary, Beyond the Mat, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Um, it was showing backstage. Like his kids and his wife were in the audience, mm-hmm. and his kids were crying to the point where she had to take them out. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. And I remember, like, he was taking those shots, and he was legit knocked out mm-hmm. after that last one. Yeah, because when he said, I quit, I quit, to me, I remember hearing when he said, he said, I quit, I quit. I was like, that don't sound don't right. sound right. Yeah, was, and he almost, everybody was like, oh, my God, he quit. I said, no, he didn't. That's not him. Like, That's That wasn't him. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and I mean, it. I was like, Yes, and though I was like, because like, I couldn't, I couldn't like, figure it out, but it was, I knew it wasn't until the next night mm-hmm. when, um, when he showed when he was on Raw, and then, um, he was he played the clip from the previous Raw, mm-hmm. and then he played the clip from last night when he was saying it, and then he said something that we didn't even think about. Like that's pretty good talk for an unconscious guy. Exactly, I was like, man. I, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. See, I always just, um, me, that's how I am. I was like, huh, someone tells me something, I'm not going to go off and believe them. I'm kind of going to question why they're telling me something. And yeah. I'm like, I was, I was always suspicious. All right. So with that being said, going from the 90s, let's talk about today when we get right back. Mm-hmm. All right. So what we were going to do was we were going to talk about the a recent post by Andrew Yang that was done on September 16th in regards of the Department of Labor. But it came to our attention that there was a issue that somebody had with a black, with the black wrestling group on Facebook that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, Na- the Nation of African American Wrestling or NA. Exactly like hell no to the no, 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 hell no. Right. So um, this guy, he talks about, um, he put, he shared his video. And he's talking about the dark side of the ring, like we were going to, mm-hmm. um, or we're going to in a later episode. Um, but he also talked about the Facebook group for about maybe seven minutes at the end of his video. Mm-hmm. And he was going off about, he was going off about, he said that he made a comment on somebody's video saying that their he said that their opinion was stupid and I gotta rewatch I might rewatch this video but I don't know. I don't want to give him the views. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that he had voices opinion um negatively towards somebody's video that was in the group. Mm-hmm. And then he said that he got his his comment removed because of the negativity. Now I don't know if that's true or not. And honestly, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I can't really. And he's talk, he went on talking about how the admins were, are nothing but like police. And then, I mean, isn't that, isn't that the job of an admin? Yeah. To police things? Yes. In case things get out of hand. Because sometimes, you know, people be saying stuff like sideways and they think they're right because it's their opinion i mean yeah everybody's entitled to your opinion but when you're in a group you still have to show respect to the other you know for example he um how nyla rose is part of the group and everything mm-hmm. and they saying because she is transgender we're not accepting any slander or something so if you um and he said let this everybody be a warning if you say anything sideways about her 
you know, you're going to be banned. No questions asked. Yes. Now, it's it's not just because, and the thing is, it's not just because Nyla Rose is transgender, but it's just the whole thing of being more open and being more equal. I can understand that. Yeah, we're not trying to spread the hate. Yeah. We're trying to promote each other. Yeah, trying to uplift each other and support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how I wanted to, um, I wanted to get the, one of the admins on the episode of my podcast because I wanted to kind of pick his brain, um, get to know him. Mm-hmm. Just like how I'm going to do an episode where I let people get to know me, um, get to know his mindset, his wrestling IQ, and you know how things came about and how things work. Like I wanted to kind of get a deep dive so that way everybody has a clear understanding about all that's going on and how we can support each other. It's not about tearing each other apart. It's about lifting each other up. Mm-hmm. And this person, I don't think that they got that. I think that they got they got upset over their comment being being removed and the fact that they can't say the negative stuff that they want to because they went on this video and they were just talking straight up negative stuff mm-hmm. the entire time. Well, most of the time. I couldn't sit through it all, but like I said, I'm just for just to make sure that I'm clear and I don't slander him or I don't slander anybody is that I do want to sit through and make sure I get a full perspective of it. I only sat, like I said, I only sat through the rant that he had made and it just seemed like it was just based off of anger. Like he had gotten upset about something, but he was saying that he made that he commented on somebody's video saying that their opinion is stupid. And then said that he was getting his stuff removed from the group because he shared his opinion. That doesn't add up. How are you going to how are you going to say somebody's opinion is stupid, but yet say that you can't get mad at somebody for their opinion? I mean, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, you can't go around and telling people they're stupid and talk about their opinions and stuff, but then you give your opinion. Like your opinion is the final say, like you some like you some kind of god or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. People are entitled to either agree or disagree with you. And I mean, like, you know, everybody's entitled to the opinion, but it's how you react to the opinion. And from what I see in the video, and if he's reacting like he did in the video about the stuff, then he I mean, then yeah, maybe he should have been banned or temporary banned because I mean he do was going off. He sounded like a freaking ex a jilted ex lover who was just going on about their ex and something like dude let it go it's just a group this group is not your life and you i mean to me you spent feel like you'd spend too much time on it yeah and you just gave them free publicity all mm-hmm. you had to do was say it was a black wrestling group mm-hmm. and you put not only did you put it in the title but you also even took out your phone and showed the group so that way people who go to join know exactly what to look for. So I say that's a good thing. I say I say I say that I say it's just like when in WWE, for instance, mm-hmm. any negative, any publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. You can always turn around and spin it. Because exactly. Because all that can because all that he can all that we can do with this mm-hmm. is just say, hey, he has like like over a thousand subscribers or or a thousand people who watch it, they're going to be curious about it, mm-hmm. and they're going to want to try and see what the group is all about. If they if they're going to be negative, then obviously that's what the admins are for mm-hmm. to monitor and keep the negativity away. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, I had somebody say something negative about a post that I made, mm-hmm. but I didn't get in my feelings. Mm-mm. I had so I had a I I don't even think I've ever had a comment deleted. Mm-mm. But I have had um I've had people disagree with me strongly on certain things. Mm-hmm. I got in my feelings because I was getting defensive because I felt like I was being attacked. Mm-hmm. But I stood my ground. I said what I was going to say, and had a healthy argument. Right. And if the admins had to step in, then they had to step in. I got into I got into a um I shared some of my posts like a video of me playing Streets of Rage too. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, people were going to say all kinds of mess because it's not wrestling related mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I got people saying, I remember this game. Mm-hmm. I remember this. I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I got nervous because I thought my post was actually going to get 
mm-hmm. um, removed because I forgot to even put non-wrestling related. I was trying to share it to another group mm-hmm. and I clicked that one instead because it's the top thing up there. Yeah, it happens. Hmm. But I mean, and it's like I share stuff up there and it like I share something that was a joke about Edge and Christian and how Christian had peeps and Edge didn't. And how you know successful he was, and to me, if Vince like uh, Christian like he did Edge, she probably would have had a better run in WWE mm-hmm. or something. But for some reason, he just didn't like him. Yeah, but he, any- said, he said he was ugly, I think. <laughs> and I kid you not, he even wanted to put a blue dot on his face whenever he showed up on TV. Why? Remove Be- it? Because for- that's why. This is crazy. I know. They even made fun of you on the Edge and Christian show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where he actually, where they were talking about that, and then he, then they were talk, they bumped into Edge. He said that he couldn't get mad at Edge, and then when he looked at Christian, Christian just stood there smiling, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Don't you read the internet? I don't, I can't stand you." I thought it was, you know, he went along with the joke or yeah, something. That's that's what the joke was. Yeah, yeah, that he didn't like him. But part of me was thinking like it probably was true. <laughs> but yeah, but, it's funny. I mean. But um, in regards to the group, um, it is the national is the what is it? Nation of African American Wrestling, aka Nah. So if you guys haven't signed, haven't joined the group, please do because there's a lot of unique people in there. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own unique opinions. Exactly. So and it's basically trying to support in local, you know, support up and coming African Americans, not just you know in the major leagues like AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of, Honor, Ring of Honor, or New Japan, and NXT. But they're trying to promote local circuits, you know, like in Atlanta, Virginia, everywhere. Wherever state you in, your local promotion, they're trying to promote you. They're trying to, like, share, like, local things. Like, oh, you can watch on stream, like, dark matches there online and everything. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, African-American wrestlers, but all minorities. So we're trying to bring face to everybody. Yeah, I'm talking like I'm there or something. It's not just African Americans, but um, it's a great group. If you got problems with it, you let an admin know. Um, if you're curious about it, by all means, sign up for it, join in, and you see for yourself. Exactly, nerd out about wrestling. Yeah. So I feel like we went on a ten minute rant about it ourselves. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm praying that. I get the time. I want to get one of the admins on my podcast where we just discuss a little bit of everything and we just kind of clear the air. Not only we can talk about it, but maybe not. I mean, I personally think you should, you know, introduce him that way, you know, introduce him, allow him to explain who he is and, you know, talk about the whole purpose of why he created the whole purpose of the group. What was it for? How is it created? What led him to create it? Because mm-hmm. I know it was an extension of another group, but I'm not going to share his story. That's something for him to do. But I right. believe, because I was there from the beginning, you know, and it was real cool. Me too. And um, I'm Actually, really proud to be part of that group because I, I was like, oh, let me add my brother. And he was like, yeah. Because I was like, who's a big wrestler fan? Then, I was like, I'm like, oh, my brother's like the biggest wrestling fan. Like, <laughs> seriously. And so it's, it's a really cool group. And I'm so proud to be part of it. And it's so cool. Like, people actually get to, like, you get in contact with actual wrestlers. And, like, they see this and they promote it. And, and I, sometimes I feel like they take ideas from us. <laughs> like, for example, with um, Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan, how everybody was going around that group talking about he was like. Um, he was like a he, black Kurt Angle. Yeah. And that could be his son. And what happened? They brought it to the storyline. I'm telling you, like my somebody, black son, my black son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes it feel like you know, creative for somebody be watching and following. It's like all these groups and stuff and stealing ideas and making it their own. I kid you not, because I actually had because my tagline and you guys hear me do my tagline all the time when I say I call myself Money Miles J. Of course, you got um, Floyd Money Mayweather and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I had the tagline. Of um, when money talks, people listen. And I used to go, I used to go by that. I used to use that all the time, especially when I wrestled. And I used to um, I I had there was one point where Leo Rush 
was starting to manage Bobby Lashley. 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 Oh my god. Lashley. I thought it's I I thought it was a good idea to have somebody speak for Bobby Lashley. Uh-huh. I just thought Leo Rush, he's good on the microphone, but it wasn't gonna work because he's too good in the ring. Uh-huh. He needs to be a wrestler in the ring. Like it was it just didn't work. And it, it became too goofy. Lashley should be somebody that'd be taken serious, like Brock Lesnar, which is what they did with him and MVP, that pairing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. That was perfect. But he was going on. He was saying he was with Bobby Lashley. You can look this up. And he was talking about how Bobby Lashley looked like money. He smelled like money and all this other stuff. And then he was like, you know what? And you know what else about money? And then he got cut off by Bobby Lashley. And I knew right there he was leading towards my catchphrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was leading towards my <laughs> catchphrase. I could have sworn. But like. Because I used to say that because that's how I got the catchphrase. Because they said that I draw money, I am money, you know, and you make money, and I make money, you know. And it was just like, oh my goodness. But you guys hear me on my podcast, I say that catchphrase every single opening and closing that when money talks, people listen. I, I'm telling you, he was gonna say it, shoot. I know because I know, like, when I'm at work. People, I know, like, one of the managers tease, like, oh, you're not going to make any friends. You bring them all this stuff. I was like, look, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Yes. <laughs> and that's always been my catchphrase when I work. Like, oh, people won't like you. Like I said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. That's why time is money, and, and that's what I'm here for, mm-hmm. to make it. And I'm here to make it rain. <laughs> uh, so, um... I feel like Nanny Faith sometimes. Now that now that we now that we got in that discussion, got everything out of the way, I did want to talk about Andrew Yang. Um, he was a pre- was he a presidential candidate um, during the last election. Um, he did he did make promises to help unionize pro wrestlers because mm-hmm. um, they were regarded as independent contractors. And we all know if you're an independent contractor, that means that you come in, you do your job. The idea of an independent contractor as a wrestler would be a wrestler coming in, performing, mm-hmm. and then they go to another company, another promotion, and they and they perform there. That makes sense. But these guys are under contract with the company and so forth. That's not really. And then they tell them where they have to be, what they have to wear, and stuff like that. You know, they have a dress code. So that doesn't sound like an independent contractor. That sounds like an employer. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Yang had posted up on September 16th, um, well, he tweeted, mm-hmm. um, saying saying that he had a call with the Department of Labor. If you are a current or former WWE performer who feels you were misclassified as an independent contractor, contact this this um, this Twitter handle mm-hmm. and let and let's get you what Vince owes you. Been a long time coming, but this storyline is real. Oh wow! Yeah, and then he replied, and I kind of didn't want to take it serious because of what he said after it. But obviously, he's a um, obviously he's a Bo Dallas fan. He said, "All you have to do is Bo leave." <laughs> um, he did reply back saying that um, early returns are positive. Um, so I'm guessing that he did get a few people, but who knows? Um, the only thing I can say about that is. Uh, the person that they're having them contact is a um, union side labor attorney by the name of Lucas Middlebrook. Uh, the only thing I can say about this is that the only way that this is going to work is if a lot of people come forward with it. Because it's not going to work if you just have one person coming out and saying this and having issues with it. It's got to be a large group of people. Mm-hmm. And I doubt that you're going to have like a Roman Reigns or Randy Orton coming out and and trying to be for for this because they're pretty comfortable with what they're making. So it's going to be somebody like a um somebody that's lower on the card and stuff like that, like a Cedric Alexander or something like that. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, if he could unionize it, that'd be great. But I mean, I kind of feel like, yeah, they need a better system in place for the wrestlers and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, 
say they put this money in the contract on a person and they <laughs> I kind of look at it like football too. Like for example, my team is Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Our quarterback, Dak Prescott. He had to go through all these negotiations. Now on his beginning season, he he took us to the super he just about took us to the Super Bowl. And what happened? Green Bay screwed us over. That was a catch. Dez caught that ball. Yes, I'm still mad about it. Well, anyhow, you know, and all the stuff, and he really brought us up, and we've been making playoffs ever since he's been quarterback. But, and then he, I know he's trying to make money for himself, but at the same time, and then what happened? When he renewed his contract, he has sustained a, like a career-ending injury, but he's recovering, and the team's looking really great. I'm still mad we pissed. Uh, I'm still really pissed off we lost to the Buccaneers last week because we were like actually winning. I was like, oh my God, we could do this, beat Tom Brady. But um, yeah, so you know, sometimes when they sign up for these contracts, like do but the question is, does the individual deliver? It can I mean sometimes it's sustained injuries where they got to um where they can't work. So you paying all this money for someone to sit at home. You know, so I mean. Well, here's the thing: in most of their contracts, some of their contracts, mm-hmm. um, they have to, they add, they at the time that they, that they were at home, they added on to the end of their contract. Uh, so I mean, it's it's complicated. Yeah, I'm not sure how these contracts and stuff work. I'm not gonna lie; I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's why I kind of compare it to football because I kind of understand that a bit more. Right. And I, and they have, and they have what's called a non-compete clause, where they mm-hmm. can't go um, to any other competition or things like that for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, for developmental, like NXT, it's thirty-day clause. Mm-hmm. After thirty days, you can start working. Mm-hmm. Um, for main roster, it's ninety days. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is about it is that within that time frame, that non-compete, the non-compete time frame, um, they are still getting paid by the company. So within those ninety days, they're still getting paid by the company for that time frame. So that's kind of a good thing, but not exactly because yeah. they're not making the same amount as they would if they were on TV. Yeah. They're pretty much just making like their um the down the downside, basically yeah. the least amount that they will make. That sucks. Almost. Yeah. So like, it's kind of interesting because looking at some of these wrestlers who got released. And how they sign up to like AEW and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I guess because they were released and the terminated wasn't the contract well, was terminated not by them, but you know they they eat so it's a little different. Well, the difference would be is if they um if their contract ended or if they were released mm-hmm. or asked for their release. Okay. If they asked for the release or they were or they were fired, then the then the non-compete clause will take into effect. If the contract ended, like what happened with Adam Cole, mm-hmm. I mean, this, his contract ended. So, the, so like if his, con- his contract ended on, let's say, um, let's say September, let's say September 18th, uh-huh. on September 19th, he can, he can show up on AEW TV without any consequences. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference. Um, so I kind of feel like what I want to Google one of these contracts for WWE. If I look at the contract and actually like read it, I probably feel like I got a better understanding of it. Do not Google Hulk Hogan's WCW contract. You're gonna get jealous. I'm already jealous. <laughs> like, I mean, whoever created that contract was really brilliant. Yes, I'm telling I you, I got still line from the Solomon Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, for those who don't know, um, Jason Solomon, Solomon, the Solomon Monster, has a podcast called Solomon Sounds Off. One of my favorite pot- wrestling podcasts. Um, if you want to talk about somebody who knows their stuff, he's the guy. Ding. So give him a cheap plug. Hopefully, hopefully I can collaborate with him one day. But I'm way, I'm way out of. I mean, he's way out of my league. I should say. I'm, I'll get there. I'll get there one day. And that's Solomon's. Um, Solomon's sounds off. Yep, available where podcasts are. Ding. And where my podcast is actually. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I got still line from him about Hulk Hogan's WCW contract because when they gave him that contract, he was making money off of anything that had his name. Anytime they said his name, mm-hmm. um, merchandising, he was making so much money off of that. He was 
he was making even more money off of all his pay-per-view events. He was making even more money off of anybody who for he was making extra money off being a member of the NWO. Mm-hmm. He was making like it was just insane. They and then the amount of money that they that they signed him to initially. Mm-hmm. This is when I was talking about the whole NWO thing. That was that was later on, mm-hmm. but the contract that he signed to WCW, they were let's just say that they put a pillow down, mm-hmm. a carpet and pillow down, just so they don't hurt their knees their knees while they were blowing them. Mm. That's how badly they wanted him. And it's kind of sad, like they. And then you think about it, they actually kind of could afford it because who owned it? Billionaire Ted. Ted Turner. Yeah. And speaking of WCW, I mean, speaking of WCW, billionaire owning the company AEW. It, do you see parallels between AEW and WCW? In some ways, yes. Yeah. But I kind of feel like Tony Khan was a bit more smarter. With pairing up with someone like with um Brandy and Dustin, I mean Cody Rhodes, because they've been really in the business. They, I mean, they were well. Cody was born and bred in the business, and I mean, mm-hmm. look at his dad, look at his um brother, and look at the stuff he did. And I mean, especially like all the stuff that Dusty created and all that. I mean, it was really smart pairing up with Cody because I mean, he really has a knack for the business and getting, and he knows who. And Cody knows what is what and who is who. So he definitely would not have it in like how WCW fell. Yeah. Like WCW fell because of multiple deci- multiple um, decisions. It was on a downward spiral, but mm-hmm. it was just that the merger, Time Warner merger, was what really put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Because Ted Turner said that he was, because w- wrestling is what gained his popularity. Mm-hmm. For his own channels for TNT and, mm-hmm. and stuff like TBS. that. CBS. Thank you. I couldn't get mm-hmm. it. Said TNT. Wrong. Wrong network. But um, like that. So he had a long, loving relationship with pro wrestling. That's why he said as long as he had power, he was going to keep it in. But then when he lost his power, they were like, "Yep, pull the plug." Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna just. Uh, we're gonna discuss. At one point, you and I, we're gonna mm-hmm. discuss the what ifs. Of pro wrestling, Ooh. yeah. Like we talk about Marvel, what is? We're gonna talk about pro wrestling, what is? What if WCW did get rebooted? Because the idea was that they were gonna go, they were gonna go dark. Mm-hmm. Now think about this. Imagine Final Nitro happens, but mm-hmm. um, we don't have WCW. I mean, um, WWF buying them out. Ooh. We just in, we just in the show, and then for the next few weeks. They show reruns of old Nitro and everything mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Okay. But then all of a sudden they have a pay- they announce a pay per view called The Big Bang, where we start all over. And all again, and it uh, all started with the Big Bang. Bang. <laughs> see, and they were gonna prom- they were gonna promote different stuff. Like, there's so many different things, so many different ideas. Um, we we're probably gonna go into some fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have Mandy up here on my next episode. We're gonna go into fantasy booking. We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about Marvel's What If. We're gonna talk about the Dark Side of the Ring playing right from Hell episode. Okay. We're gonna be talking about our boys stable. Boy. Now, if you don't know what the boys stable is, I gotta pull that up for y'all. Oh lord. Because the description of it. Ah uh, yes, I remember I had a boy list and a girl list too. Yeah. I, I would say I would put I would put, I had a couple girls. Yeah. But there were I mean there were some out there. So um gotta plug another podcast, OSW Review, the old school wrestling video podcast with the three Irish guys, Jay Hunter, V One, Steve, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Mr. O C Steve. <laughs> so um what is they have they have what is called boy stable or they call these guys boys and whatnot now the whole idea is that a boy is um generally a a not so very talented wrestler or talented wrestler that didn't achieve much success where there's a bit of where there's a bit of cringe factor admitting that he was one of your favorites you support you support him more or her uh, more than average and than what they deserve basically so you know there's a bit of a cringe factor like you're ashamed 
you're kind of ashamed to be a fan of theirs. Mm. But you know, mm. but you know, you still do enjoy them, and you cheer them on more than what they should. So, the criteria for being a boy, um, you have to be un- you have to be unsuccessful, and by unsuccessful meaning that you never held the WWF WWE title, WCW NWA title, New Japan um, world title, and I'll go ahead and throw in the AEW world title as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ring of Honor. Um, should we should we throw in TNA? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm probably gonna say, I'm probably not gonna, I'm probably gonna say, um, yeah, we're not gonna add TNA for right now, but they have to be unpopular. In other words, must not, must not be respected in the general or have hope for the future. Think of like the tag team, the Ascension, mm-hmm. like they came up onto the main roster and they were, and they were just put, they were not put over, they were put under. They were buried by the commentary team. And the commentary team is what's supposed to put them over. Even the heel announcer didn't like them. Which is weird because they were heels. Exactly. So it made no sense. Um, They can be untalented. In other words, they have a certain cringe factor that you're kind of ashamed to be a fan of theirs. Think of like height and rank. Mm -hmm. You remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if they hit any of those criteria, they're considered a boy. Kofi Kingston was considered a boy because mm-hmm. he was unsuccessful. In other words, he never held a world title. But when he won the world title at WrestleMania, he is no longer he is no longer a boy, but he is a man. <laughs> Big E is Big E is no longer is Big E has never been a boy, honestly. Xavier Woods is one. Xavier Woods is a boy, definitely. Yeah. You know who's another good one? Who's that? The Hurricane Shack. Helms. Hurricane Helms. Yeah. Excellent. I had a look. But man, oh man. Hurricane Helms, I forgot he was on your list, wasn't he? Yeah, he is. But anyway, um, we're probably going to close out this episode. We're kind of running long. Um, But Mandy, where can can my listeners find you? Well, in the library. Let me stop. Um, I'm on Instagram, invisible underscore beauty 86. I have a Twitter. I don't use it much, but <laughs> um, you can add me at princess in 86 at princess in 86. Princess in. Yeah. Like princess in road. Yeah. Basically princess in school, um, princess in history who huh. became queen in. Yeah. You got, you got, you got your boy. Money Miles J. And I and I I would I would I would be in a boy stable actually because I never held a world title. Ah. I never held a world title. Um but I am good on I am good on the stick, good on the microphone as they say. Mm. You know? Um I'll be oh, your manager. Yes. But you guys can always follow me on Twitter at Miles J. You can follow me on Instagram at Miles J. <laughs> you can follow the show's Instagram on it is for the number four underscore corners eighty nine. We're gonna have post up of the of the artwork for each episode up there and a few other things every so often. You can find my page on Facebook, Four Corners of Entertainment. You can find my gaming page, Four Corners Gaming, where I'll be placing up some more episodes of me playing Streets of Rage because of the thirtieth anniversary just passed, but nobody talks about it. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. It came out in 1991. Wow, oh, that was 30 years ago. I feel old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just so old. Yeah. The princess oh. will marry me. Yeah, yeah, do the whole thing. The princess will marry me. The princess will marry me. The princess will marry But you're so old. The princess will marry me. Oh, oh my. The, the princess will. Yeah. Like the <laughs> fact that he was so old that it took him out of his trance. <laughs> he was so old it took him out of his trance, y'all. Uh, I'm talking about Aladdin. Not not Aladdin being old, but you know, Jafar being old. Watch the movie. If y'all haven't seen Aladdin, the animated movie, go watch it. It's, it's a classic. It's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. And YouTube. Yeah, the clip's on YouTube. The clip's on YouTube. Yeah. But as always, I thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate all your time and letting me into your ear holes. So 
This is so for my sister Mandy. Yep. And myself, Money Miles J. Remember, a winner is you. No, I'm just playing. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> remember, um, it's it's from an old. Game. Yeah, I know those arcade games. You know, back in the day when they had arcades. Yes, but for for my sister Mandy. Yep. And myself, Money Miles J. Because when money talks, people listen. I want you guys to be well, stay safe, and take care. And enjoy yourselves. Good night. Cha-ching! Four Corners of Entertainment, bringing you the best in wrestling, movies, and video games. Available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and many more.